possible indictments and plea deals. Hey girls and guys, I'm Brandy with an I and this is Did You Hear The News? Well, 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 I hope your Mother's Day was sweet because this week got really bitter. As always, let's begin with what our president is trying to do. So this week he met with leaders in the Republican and Democratic Party. So that's Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer at the White House. And they discussed ways in which they can work together And I hope number one was stop lying about the election, even though it probably wasn't. All in all, they claimed that it was a good meeting. We didn't really get much of a readout from that. Mitch and Kevin both (laughs) gave remarks afterwards. Mitch McConnell is just, I hate the sight of him. Anyways, and after the talk, Mitch says that they are absolutely not opening up the 2017 tax bill again to which I was like I want Mitch gone I want Mitch gone him his terrible haircut his turkey neck I just want I just want it all gone 2017 tax bill as you know because I've said a thousand times is the bill that gave tax cuts to all the corporations and the rich people and basically did nothing for the 99% of the rest of us who make normal people money. So that's that on that. I think he also met with a Joe Manchin and another senator from Delaware who he hopes can help him bridge a gap between Republicans. He met with Joe Manchin probably to be like, can you please just stop being such a a thorn in my side? Um, Is he going to stop doing that? Probably not, but that's probably how that meeting went. We didn't really get any readouts on that one either. Uh, Best of luck to all of them. I don't, I hate to be that one, but I don't see Republicans working with Democrats. Like They got a lot going on and Their goal is to basically distract from the drama going on in their party by making ridiculous culture wars and just fighting back on everything that the Democrats are trying to do because they have no real plans. I've said it before. I say it again. I maintain it. And speaking of their drama, that's going to lead us to the Liz Cheney vote. Yes, it was well awaited. We knew it was coming and it happened. It was teased to occur on Wednesday and that it did. Tuesday night, though, Liz did give some remarks on (laughs) basically her stance. And once again, it was a whole lot of I'm not about to let Trump take this party down. And if you're mad at that, then. I'm not the woman for this job. I'll happily stay in my role as a congresswoman, as a representative, but I'm not going to last in this role as number three. And that's okay because I'm not going to ascribe to your lies. 
she basically gave it to like one member of the conference because everyone left and she gave her remarks. Um, I'm pretty sure she just wanted to go on the record once again for the hundredth time about how she actually feels. And she was able to do that. So on Wednesday morning, they came together in less than 20 minutes. Liz Cheney was ousted from her role as number three Republican. They came in. They had a little prayer. She gave more remarks. Apparently, she received some booze <laughs> from those remarks. And basically, that was it. She did want and some other members did ask if they could do uh, basically like a tally vote. So there were three options for votes. They could do a yay, nay vote. They could do secret ballot. Or they can do a vote, a voice vote. Well, Kevin McCarthy basically brought the motion um, that they do the voice vote. That's what they did, which means we definitely would never know who would actually vote for Liz Cheney because a voice vote is kind of just like a y'all want to do it? Yay. OK, it's done. Like there's no one saying their vote, you know, no one knows how anybody would have voted. So. That wasn't super helpful. I think she definitely probably wanted to know like who would have been on her side. But that's just how that cookie crumbled. So like I said, in less than 20 minutes, she was out. She was done. She came out of that meeting immediately and gave remarks to the media who were there. She basically reiterated everything she's been saying for the past few months. Um, Someone asked her. What would she do if the former president had the chance to be back in the Oval Office? And she very blatantly said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that he never gets near the Oval Office again. A lot of people are taking that to mean that she might run for president. I'm sure it's a possibility. She's not saying yay or nay. She's not saying no for sure. But she's also not saying yes. So a lot of people are taking that to mean she might run for president, uh, even if it's just absolutely to spite him. Nobody really believes that if the former president is running again, that like the Rubios and the Nikki Haley's will run against him because those those are the people that know like they absolutely have to stay in his good graces like. So no one ex really expects those types of people to run against him. But of course, a Liz Cheney and whatever, whoever, I guess, feels like they can take him on will definitely jump on that cause. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, honestly, truly, if I had my way, that man would be in jail by then. But, you know, one can only dream, I guess. So that's where the Republican conference currently is. Um, I think at this point, Liz Cheney is like free as a free bird and she's just going to keep going in and going off about the situation. She did do a interview with uh, Savannah Guthrie of, I think it's ABC, maybe CBS. not sure, but she did interview with Savannah Guthrie and Savannah asked her basically the same question that, a lot of people are asking, like, why do you keep bringing it up? You know, a lot of Republicans are saying that's in the past. We want to move on from that. Why do you keep bringing it up? And she's like, it's not like it's an ongoing threat. So like basically her stance is I'm doing this because I see the future 
of this party and it's not looking good. And as long as the former president is the face of this party, the future of this party is not going to go well. And I totally understand that. And it's not like he doesn't talk about the election every day. He talks about it every day. He says he won the election every day and he has for a month. So why can't Liz Cheney counter that every day if he's going to keep talking about it every day? And what was crazy was Kevin McCarthy came out after his meeting with Joe Biden and someone asked him, you know, well, basically, like, how do you how are you guys going to keep going forward with this lie that the election was stolen? Like you just met with the president. Do you still believe that the election was stolen? And he's basically like, no, like Joe Biden was totally elected the president. Like, I don't think we're anyone is saying he goes, I don't think anyone is saying that the election was stolen. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's all they've been saying. That's all he's been saying for months. That's what Republicans have been saying. They've been campaigning off of it. They've been getting money off of it. Someone asked Mitch McConnell the same thing because he continues to say, hey, well, I'm not worried about that. I keep telling you that my priority is to stop the Democrats and I'm not concerned about all of that. And they're like, well, what do you make of the fact that people in the Republican Party are sending out emails about it? They're campaigning off of it. They talk about it multiple times a day. So how is the party moving forward when a lot of you are still telling the same lie? Of course, he didn't have anything good for that. It was just, well, I can't you know, tell individuals what to do. Of course, they're going to do what they need to do to fundraise. Like, the messaging is off. The messaging is off. I keep saying, you wanted Liz Cheney out because she refused to lie. And then you pretend that no one is lying, that it's not even an issue. You don't know why she keeps bringing it up. But the face of your party brings it up every day. Republicans bring it up to get money. Like, what's what's the real story here? Kevin, Mitch, what's the real story here? Because we can't keep up. We can't keep up. We barely want to, but we can't. It's confusing. So that's where the GOP is. It's, I mean, it's really sad. Once again, um, no one has stepped up to challenge Elise Stefanik. I'm not sure when they'll have a vote for her, but no one has no one has stood up to challenge her. So it's looking very likely that she will take Liz Cheney's space. Um, of course, there were some people who were basically like, you know, she's not my number one choice. But if she runs for it, like I'll support her. Who else they gonna Who else they gonna vote for? There's nobody else to run. So that's where that goes. Uh, Elise Stefanik once again was a moderate. Republican has basically probably realized that the only way to have a future is to hitch her wagon to the former president. So she's gone full blown supporter of him. And that's all that's all that matters these days. Really, that's really all that matters. As long as you are willing to lie with the rest of the people 
and and make sure that the message is somewhat similar. Like, even if you're not going to talk about the lie, you're just not going to come out and say it's a lie. And that's all that matters. So I'm sure she'll do just fine in this Republican Party, um, even though uh, there are some Republicans who are actively trying to resist. I mean, as hard as they can, trying to resist um, this party that is continuing to be like just in a headlock by the former president. There were like over a hundred Republicans who wrote a letter threatening to leave the party, saying that they would make their own party as long as Trump is like the head. I hate saying his name. I try not to say it, but they're threatening to leave the party if it keeps going in the direction um, that it's going. I mean, I just feel like a blind man can see that it's not it's not going well. Like they lost the White House, the House and the Senate under the sky. Everyone expects that they'll win the House back. And that's why Kevin McCarthy is basically towing the line. He really wants to be House Speaker. He even said outside of the White House that he is going to be the, the next Speaker of the House. So everyone fully expects the Republicans to win the House uh, in the 2022 elections. That's usually just how it goes normally. When a president comes in uh, after his first like two years or whatever, the House switches. So that's projected what's going to happen. Republicans only need five seats. They can do it by redistricting alone because that's how they cheat. And um, so it's it's very likely that they could get five seats that they need so that Kevin can become Speaker of the House, which I don't think he deserves, but it's not up to me. I guess it would be up to his conference to vote on him if that ever comes to pass. So, yeah, oh, it's just tiring. It's really tiring. Sometimes you just want better for people, but then also you realize they're just kind of terrible people. So you just go, whatever, whatever happens. Once again, I don't feel that sorry for Liz Cheney. None of our views really align. She has voted with the former president almost 100% of the time. She is also one of the same Republicans who did not support the the American Rescue Plan. So at the same time, it's just kind of like whatever happens, happens. Oh, there was yet another hearing about the January 6th insurrection this week. This time we had former Defense Secretary Christopher Miller and former Acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen. And oh my God, when I say pointless, that's like exactly what I mean. I don't think anything good came out of this hearing besides... Americans actually getting to see how failed the leadership was of that day, <laughs> which like I think the hearings get progressively worse and worse. It just you have Democrats trying to ask like really pointed questions to see if like these men are going to basically like speak out against the former president you have Republicans just creating fallacies, just fairy tales, just rewriting history, just all out pretending that 
January 6th was a picnic, basically. Um, so <laughs> basically, Christopher Miller had originally, I think he had either given statements or written an op-ed to um, Vice where he basically said that if not for the words and actions of the former president, there wouldn't have been an insurrection. He said it. It's an article. I'm sure you can go read it. He even said in his statement that he felt the same way. But when he was asked about it by the Democratic congressman, he like tried to backtrack it. And he tried to basically say that he he felt that it was two different questions like getting them to march on the Capitol and getting them to attack the the Capitol was two different things or something like that it was just really weird and I was just like what and so was the congressman it got very testy <laughs> the congressman basically was like you said one thing before you said another thing earlier and now you're trying to say a completely different thing and He's like, you're basically saying that you didn't say it. And Miller was like, that's absolutely ridiculous. And the congressman was like, you're ridiculous. And I was like, oh, my God, we're children. We're children. We're children and we're childish because it was just it was just terrible. Mr. Rosen was asked about a conversation he had when he met with the former president three days before the insurrection and he just refused to give any information there he was all just like hey those are our conversations i'm not gonna tell you what we talked about and basically saying that like there were some justice department rules that he had to abide by and everybody was like well what are they because we don't recall you trying to you know establish any privileged information before this and now suddenly you don't want answers so all in all i would say <laughs> i don't think he went how anybody wanted to go i'm sure democrats didn't get any answers that they needed ro Khanna got very upset and i totally understand as he was talking to i think it was christopher miller he's trying to fill in that gap there are just a lot of gaps from that day still even four months later, because there are lots of windows in which it's like, hey, the mayor of D.C. reached out to you and asked you for additional help. And still there was like a 30 minute window in between you getting back to her. Like what what was going on? Like what what are what's going on in these windows where we don't have any feedback or any information and th and they just were not getting anything like these guys were ironclad about not giving up any extra information they pretended they didn't know certain things they were like well we're, i don't know where you're getting your st statistics y'all remember that from fun with dick and jane watch a movie if you haven't seen it but anyways it was just it was pretty terrible um <laughs> I, yeah i don't think it got anywhere and it's really sad. And it was more embarrassing because Republicans like Paul Gosar. You guys remember Paul Gosar? I'm going to tell you why. I, the only reason I remember Paul Gosar. There was a campaign ad where a few lovely individuals were basically like, hey, don't vote for this guy. He's not the guy for our state. 
it would be a terrible idea if you voted for him. And then, by the way, he's our brother. (laughs) Y'all remember that? That was a crazy ad. Anyway, so unfortunately, he got um, elected and he has proven to us why his siblings were right every single day. He voted not to certify the election results. He has just been just a quite terrible conspiracist. And this hearing was no different. He basically said that these weren't rioters. They were patriots. And they were just there because they loved this country. They weren't doing anything illegal. It just was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing because we have video footage. And then another one of his colleagues, um, Representative Heiss, I think, was the one who said that it looked like if you had seen the pictures and video any other day when tourists were touring the Capitol. And I was like, if that's a Capitol tour, I do not want it. I do not want any parts of it. I don't want any parts of watching people go hand-to-hand, toe-to-toe with police officers, spraying bear spray, breaking out windows, demolishing property, vandalizing property, smearing their feces, their legit human feces on the walls. If that is a normal tourist day at the Capitol, I don't ever want to go. I don't ever want to go. I'll have to sit that one out because that's shenanigans. It's like, don't y'all know that we saw y'all? It's so embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. So that wasn't even the worst of it. It was like, there was also this weird thing where they tried to flip the victims. Like, oh... It wasn't the police that died or were beaten severely like Officer Fanon, who has been very vocal about what he experienced that day and how he was tased so many times that he was begging for his life. He had to say, I have a family. I have children. He had a heart attack. Like, no, he's not the victim. The real victim is Ashley Babbitt. You remember her? Here's where you might know her from. She was the rioter who was attempting to literally climb through a window when security said, stop, stop. They were pointing a gun at her, right? And they said, stop, stop. And she proceeded anyway. And she was shot. And there are still videos to this day of that on the internet. This woman's literally about to breach the floor where hundreds of congressmen and women were still standing. Like, what? What? She's the victim? Speaking of which, her family is trying to sue. She's the victim? She's a trespasser. She was breaking the law. I'm not saying she deserved to die. But she was breaking the law. She was trespassing. And with people yelling, hang Mike Pence, put a bullet in Nancy Pelosi's brain. 
what else did that officer assume besides that she's a threat to the people he's trying to keep safe? No charges were brought against that officer because, of course. So that was how Republicans just have been completely treating the events of January 6th. Like, if I mean, I promise to goodness, if we didn't have video and picture and audio from that day, we would not ever, it would not be written in the history books as an insurrection. One one of the representatives flat out said it wasn't an insurrection. It's not insurrection. What are you talking about? Like they literally would write about it like it was just another easy breezy day. There were picnics, like passionate, peaceful patriots. These were killers. There was a new video and audio released of Officer Fanon being attacked where you can hear them saying we got one we got one talking about officers the thin blue line people talking about how they've gotten an officer and they're beating this man down and constantly repeatedly tasing him do y'all know what a taser is you're not supposed to use that on a person more than once I'd say twice if they're big, but you're not supposed to continuously use that. That's electrical pulses going through somebody's body. Multiple times he was tased. This man had a heart attack. There are literal videos and pictures of these people acting like they were in a UFC fight. But it was just a normal day. Normal touristy day. Y'all can let these people play in y'all's faces if y'all want to, but I refuse. I absolutely refuse. Another thing I refuse to do is play with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I done told y'all this woman is crazy. She's crazy. She's insane. So reporters say that just yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Greene followed, literally stalked, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, off the house floor, into the halls, screaming at her, berating her, saying that she sympathizes with terrorists like BLM and Antifa, which are not terrorist groups, no matter how many times Republicans say that. They're they're just not terrorist groups. They're just not. Screaming at this woman like a crazy person to the point where she's like, um, hey, like, listen, I don't know what y'all doing about security, but y'all need to beef it up. This is not the first time that this woman has acted like this in the halls of Congress. If you recall, earlier in the year, Rep. Cory Bush had to move her office away from Taylor Greene's because she was insane and yelling at her just because she asked her to put a mask on. This is the same woman who put up an anti-trans sign for the lady across the hall whose daughter is transgender when she was just celebrating equality for transgender people. This woman is insane in and out of the membrane. Like, she needs to go. She needs to go. Kevin McCarthy is not going to tell you that. He's not going to tackle that. But she needs to go. And I thought it was interesting that she could call AOC a... terrorist sympathizer her bestie her best 
friend, her boo thing, Ace Wukun, was at the Capitol rioting with the rioters, storming the Capitol, trespassing. But AOC sympathizes with terrorists. All right, girl, gone, gone. That's really all. I appreciate AOC as she continues to just kind of keep it classy with her. But at a certain point, like, we just gonna have to fight. We just gonna have to fight. Like, she just gonna have to see me in the Bronx. And it's gonna have to be what it's about. Because that's harassment. Like, that's harassment. That's harassment in the workplace at that. I want her out. I know it doesn't matter what I say, but I want her out. I just want her out of there. Because she's a psycho. Let me tell you more about psychos. Y'all went crazy this week over gas. Over gas. It was like the great toilet paper shortage all over again. Over gas. And I hope y'all are ashamed. I hope you are ashamed. Unless you've been living under a rock or you just don't ever have to go anywhere in your car. You know that the Colonial Pipeline was hacked over the weekend. They reached out to the government. President Biden, I think, sent out like an executive order. He told them to shut it down. They did. Good for them. And they were basically shut down for four days. They got back up and running yesterday afternoon. But oh my gosh, the damage had been done. You people heard gas might be short and you went crazy. You did the opposite of what is expected to be done when the gas is short. Instead of saying gas may be short and I don't really need to go anywhere. I got half a tank. It can get me to where I need to go for a few days until I need to get gas. No, y'all said I got half a tank. I need to fill up and then I need to fill up my gas cans and my Tupperware And my trash bags. Yes, people were bagging gas like idiots. The most embarrassing stuff I've ever seen. So embarrassing. Some gas stations were limiting how much gas you could get, but others were not. And that was their fault. That was their fault. Because in North Carolina, around Wednesday 79% of gas stations were out of gas. 79%. Now, it's slightly understandable because this pipeline carries like 45% of the gas that comes along the East Coast. It starts up top, it goes down, it makes a, a little loop over towards Texas. And so that's how 45% of the East Coast gets its gas. That didn't mean that y'all was supposed to go and try to buy all the gas on the East Coast. That's not what that means. That is not what that means. That is not what that means. So embarrassing. Even more embarrassing is that the Colonial Pipeline ended up having to pay like $5 million to get some of their data back. I think they originally had said that they weren't going to pay any money that they had gotten everything they needed i don't know what changed that it's probably because it's like an ongoing investigation so the group that 
apparently did the hacking is this Russian group called Dark Side. That's what a capital S, all one word. And once again, they're Russian. But the FBI says that it wasn't on behalf of the Russian government that, you know, Vladipoo didn't have anything to do with it. That's what they said. And your president's going to take that and he's going to stick to it. He's going to trust what the FBI is saying, even though some of us are kind of looking sideways at the information, but it is what it is. So this group has apparently done this to other companies. And if you don't know how ransomware works, they basically infiltrate the system, take the data and hold it hostage. And then they want you to pay a ransom for it. And so... That's how companies have like had to cough up millions of dollars. I don't know if you guys recall, but I think it was a few years ago. It happened to like some hospitals and it's like, that's information you need. So then you would be forced basically to pay the money um, so that you can get that information back. Now, here's the one thing I'm going to say to dark side, figure out how to hack these student loans. And I'm not telling you to do this directly i'm just saying maybe figure it out and let's talk about it that's all i'm saying i'm not telling you to do any legal i'm just telling you to think about it think about how that would work that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i'm not asking you to do anything illegal illegal i'm not asking you to do anything i'm just asking you to ponder what it would mean to hack the student loan repository that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying nothing illegal nothing illegal just just thoughts anyways unfortunately instead they hacked the gas and this is just another reason why the people who have been screaming about cybersecurity for so long are like see see what happens you see how they can shut down our ish and we can either go into a panic or just all out go without like and i think they make a good point i think i think there's some things that we need to look into so president biden did sign an executive order to try to put some protections on like federal agencies but he can only do so much like he openly acknowledged that it probably wouldn't have helped the colonial pipeline hack they're not a federal agency like he can't really tell them what to do but as far as federal agencies go like he's like y'all need to get it together we've got time to play with y'all here And I can appreciate it. But once again, Congress, Congress, Congress needs to act. That's really, there's just certain things that only Congress can do. So they need to act. They need to act. I don't know if they will, because, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going to Cancun. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? But yeah, that was a crazy time for the East Coast especially southern states. It's going to take a few days for everything to get back back to normal because of course like the the gas has to flow and then the trucks have to get it and then they have to drive it to respective gas stations and such. So it's, it's going to take a few days for things to get better, but good luck to my peaks in, in North Carolina because yeah, if you've been able to get gas there, you've been a fortunate one who individuals that might not be fortunate ones are you guys's former president and his lap boy 
Congressman Matt Gates. So let's start with the former president. His chief counsel for his campaign and in the White House has finally, finally agreed to a deal in which he will provide a testimony or interview with the House committee regarding that first impeachment. So if you guys recall, during the second impeachment, everybody was like, no, why would they not have witnesses? We need witnesses. And I reminded you how there was one individual who even a year later had been subpoenaed and still had not given his testimony. Well, this is him, Don McGann. So Don, like I said, served as the counsel for the campaign and for the White House until 2018. And he had been subpoenaed to testify in the first impeachment about Donald Trump and how he may have obstructed the investigation by Mueller and if he wanted to fire Mueller, all of that stuff like he was supposed to testify about. Um, He, I guess, never answered the call to the subpoena or whatnot. The former president was basically blocking subpoenas for his administration and any officials that were previously or currently in that administration so it was a heck of a time but I guess they finally have gotten a deal together in which he will testify it's going to be a closed testimony members of that house committee will be able to ask him questions questions related to like I said that Mueller investigation and what the president did to basically hinder it and who knows what they're going to find it's probably going to lead to like more of the same more of nothing i just feel like we've been talking about the same things over and over and it's like i mean will he ever go to jail nobody knows nobody knows do we want him to go to jail i'm not gonna say i wish jail on anybody but you do the crime pay time so We'll see how that goes. I think that they said he it will happen soon. They didn't really give a date, but they said it will happen soon. So we'll see how soon that goes. You know, Congress has a lot going on with, you know, one side trying to pass legislation to help people and the other side. Like, absolutely not. We don't want to help those brokies. So we'll see what goes down with that. It's just another in the long list of issues that the former president has legally. He's facing a lot of things. I also saw on the internet, on Twitter, that Politico says Cy Vance is getting really close to an indictment of the former president at Mar-a-Lago. Apparently, he's working with the Palm Beach authorities there to get that served i don't really know the details in that once again that's apparently um from politico playbook and i've only seen just a few tweets on that so i guess we'll keep our eye out on that if he gets indicted it'll it'll be an interesting day especially on the twitter sphere so once again like i said it's just it's another nail in the coffin as far as it goes for his legal woes he still has 
many a lawsuit against him in New York. He's got civil lawsuits about, you know, his actions relating to the insurrection. He has lawsuits about his meddling in election elections in Georgia. So will any of them stick? That's what we'll that's what we'll find out soon. As far as your boy Matt Gates goes, I mean, it's not looking great for him, but I know how white men with money can swindle their ways out of things. So I'm not going to get too excited, but it appears that Joel Greenberg, his associate, who basically is the reason he's looped up in any shenanigans in the first place, as far as investigations go, has accepted a plea deal. Now, why is that important? From prosecutors who have experience, that is important because that means that the authorities have information that they feel they've either verified or is verifiable that will lead to even bigger cases, more cases, more convictions, It was reported, I think maybe a few days ago or last week, that they were attempting to get information not only from Greenberg, but a former girlfriend of Matt Gates who was like a staffer. She didn't work for him, but she was like a staffer for someone else. She had worked um, for, I think it was a Republican, but when he found out she was a Democrat, he fired her, something like that uh, for her like political beliefs but anyways this young girl dated him at some time and apparently it is believed that she was on that Bahamas trip so investigators were like yeah let's talk to her if anybody might know some information she would be one of the ones so I don't know where they got with that I didn't see any updates on that at all whether they they talked with her but at that point Joel had like four days, I think, to accept a plea deal. And so it has been reported that today he has accepted that plea deal. A lot of people were like likening it to Jeffrey Epstein. Um, But of course, some prosecutors say that's not even, it's not remotely the same. Epstein had not talked. He had not pled. He was basically not necessarily giving up any information of course though with the similarities they're saying well watch out for joel and make sure that he has surveillance and all of that stuff but i don't know i think this might be a little different i think that joel has (laughs) joel has already given up some information i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that he has told some tales um we talked about last week the letter that the Daily Beast says that they found from him to Roger Stone in which he basically just gave more information than he absolutely needed to. So I don't doubt that Joel has probably already sung some tunes uh, that basically caught the uh, ear of investigators to which they offered him a plea in the first place. So we'll see how that goes. As with all things, all we can do is just wait and see. Many people are rejoicing, but you know, I don't, I'm not going to be excited till he's sentenced. I'm not going to be excited till he's sentenced. So that's just me.
Steele, he's in his seat in Congress. He's going on an America First tour with Marjorie Taylor Greene. He has not been removed from any of his committees. Kevin McCarthy has not even breathed in his direction as far as it goes in reprimanding him or holding him accountable. He hasn't mentioned him anywhere. Republicans don't talk about it. He had maybe two or three backing him up, including Marjorie Taylor, Insanity, and uh, Jim Jordan, who apparently knew about wrestlers being like molested at the the college he worked out and didn't say anything. So uh, not the best character references, basically. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, Matt Gates is Matt Gates. I don't expect much good out of him anyway. So I'm not going to say he did it, but I'm just going to say I'm going to be surprised if he did it. So that's just that on that. Um, I wish I could wish him the best of luck, but I don't. <laughs> Let's try to end on some good news, shall we? Today, the CDC released guidance saying that if you are fully vaccinated, you can discontinue social distancing. You don't have to wear a mask inside or outside. Um, you basically can do the things that you were doing before now. That doesn't mean that you can just like go into businesses cutting a fool like you still have to follow their mandates and such. But basically, if you want to go to a baseball game or if you want to go, you know, to some kind of outside venue where things are happening, you can do that um, because basically your risk is very low. And so some people are rejoicing. Some people find it very confusing. And some people are just like, I'm just going to keep wearing the mask because it's how I feel safest, which I totally understand. Um, President Biden did come out and kind of like tout this new guidance. But he did also ask for people to be understanding and cool and calm and collected. Like if I want to wear a mask still, I want to wear a mask like me wearing a mask is not hurting you like it's not hurting you at all now you not wearing a mask and possibly being sick and possibly in very low chance of infecting me that is hurting me but me wearing a mask is not hurting you and if I want to continue to do it mind your business basically so, uh, yeah, I think that's good news for vaccinated people who want to go back to just live a normal life. I think it kind of gets confusing because, like, we don't know who's vaccinated or not. And in a country where individuals were just like, well, we don't like masks, we don't want to wear them, we're not going to wear them, <laughs> it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, it's it's at this point, it's like, you're going to be vaccinated and you're going to be unmasked and then unvaccinated people are also going to be unmasked and nobody knows who's vaccinated, who's not. But that's the point where you just have to trust the science of it all. You just have to trust that basically your vaccine's going to work and it is what it is. But it's going to be hard because it's been like over a year and we've been wearing masks for over a year and like some people have gotten comfortable with it. Some people like it. Some people like the covert 
uniqueness of wearing a mask. Some people like the fact that it does keep you from other things like helps with your allergies. It keeps you from getting colds from other people. It keeps you from getting the flu. Like we realized that the flu didn't really, it wasn't really an issue last year because we were wearing masks and we were keeping our germs to ourselves. So some people are going to, you know, rather continue to wear their mask. And that's fine. I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I don't think it's one of those like switches you can just flip on and off. Like when you've told people for a year that actually care about their health, that in order to continue being healthy, they have to wear masks. I don't think it's going to be as easy as saying, hey, like totally disregard your health concerns now because you got a vaccine. I just think it's going to take some time for people. It doesn't necessarily mean they don't trust the vaccine. I just think it means that. It's just a level of comfort at this point because that was the only defense we had for a long time. So it's just going to take some time for people to be weaned off of it. Now, I don't know what to say about people who just not going to get vaccinated and just not going to wear masks. I mean, just is what it is. But once again, you got to trust the science of the vaccines. You got to know how the vaccine works. You got to know that you possibly still could get sick, but you got to also know that you most likely won't die and just take the proper precautions for yourself keep washing your hands keep washing your hands i was disgusted to find out that a lot of y'all don't wash your hands anyway last year so if there's one thing i want y'all to continue to doing is wash your hands and while you at it wash your legs okay appreciate it thank you all for joining me this week on this episode of did you hear the news If you like the podcast and you find it helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with a friend, share your feedback with me and let me know how you feel about it, if it's helpful to you. And I really would appreciate that. I appreciate you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.